Hey everyone, welcome to the Roadmap Benzinga's NFT show. We got a good one for you today. We are going to be joined by Franklin, one of the largest Board Ape Yacht Club NFT holders out there, frequent guest on our show. We're excited to welcome him back. We'll be chatting all things Board Apes, Ape Fest, NFT NYC, and whatever else we can think of. Uh, hit in on some news as well. Uh, to wrap up the show and maybe playing some Would You Rather. So don't go anywhere. This is The Roadmap. All right, everyone, as I said, this is The Roadmap, Benzinga's NFT show. Super excited for today's episode. Before we dive in, I do want to give a shout out to our sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by FTX US, one of the largest cryptocurrency exchanges in the world in terms of trading volume and daily users. The FTX app is used by over 6 million people to buy crypto and NFTs, no transaction or withdrawal fees. You can use your phone or computer, and the FTX US trading platform offers trading on Ethereum and Solana blockchains with no gas fees. To find out more, click on the link in the description below and also in the chat right now. Also want to let everyone know that we have the Future of Crypto event being hosted by Benzinga in New York City on December 7th. Featuring guests like Kevin O'Leary, Anthony Scaramucci, Immutable, Recur, Rarible, and more. We will have more details on that event and also a code on how you can save on tickets later on today's show and next week. I think without further ado, it is time to bring on our guest. Super excited to welcome back to the show the one and only Franklin. Franklin, how are you doing today? Hi, Chris. I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? Doing great. It's always a, a pleasure to have you on the show. And I mean, I think we should get the, the first thing out of the way here. Since you last appeared on the show, the number of board apes you hold has now gone up. It seems to go up every time before you come on the show. So at last count, 60 board apes. Is that still the number as of right now, Franklin? Yeah, 60 is a good number to relax that. So I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs> so, so walk us through like 60. I mean, before you had different numbers based on like the layout, right? To make like an even screen and even block on your phone or on a slideshow. Why 60 and are you pretty comfortable sticking with that number? Yeah, that's um, for I mean for you know design purposes, that's a pretty good number to to stop at. I mean, I could go one lower or one higher, but you know, making showing it off on my you know Twitter banner, for example, is not pretty cool when you have empty spaces. So it's hard to fill that in when you have <laughs> mathematically when you have like fifty nine or or sixty one. It'd be nice to go for sixty one. I've been trying hard. It seems like every time I make a good trade. It's balanced out by a bad one or a fat finger or something. So maybe that's another sign telling me uh, 60 is a good number to, to relax that. But obviously, 
if I get more opportunities to to make more good flips or make um, get more airdrops from Yuga than, than 61 it is. So I'll keep on grinding until I uh, get Frank. There. Franklin, it seems like you're always in the market, um, you know, looking for new apes or to flip some. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm curious to see if that 60 number stays um, or for how long. But I know I follow you on Twitter. Um, so I always see, you know, that number when it changes. Uh, Franklin, since we last spoke too, we, of course, had Ape Fest and NFT NYC happen. So walk us through ApeFest. Obviously, as a large board ape holder, you were able to attend. You were able to go all four days. You didn't have to pick and choose. What were some of the highlights of ApeFest 2022 for you as a holder? Um, it was, I think, the, the, fav, the, the best time I had was um, seeing, it's probably not a very popular answer, but I had fun seeing Little Baby again because he was there at the first Ape Fest. So it was good for uh, the Yuga Labs and people who, who did Ape Fest to bring him back for a second round. It was just raining that night, so it wasn't a lot of people compared to the other nights there. But I, uh, it, it brought back a lot of good memories of the first Ape Fest seeing him. But overall, uh, sorry, my, <laughs> my dog is acting up. Um, overall, I had a bunch of fun, you know, having four days of, like, you know, four hour long festival each time compared to what we had last November is a really big upgrade and a sign of things to come. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, this is getting off the rails. My dog just being there. No, that's um, no problem. The dog's excited to, to be on the show he here. He make noise when I talk. <laughs> so um, he's throwing me off my game. Anyway, uh, the yeah, the, um, you know, being there all, all four days, mass, you know, did a lot of the same things each day, but it was also cool to see more and more people um, compared to, to last year. And, um, you know, maybe there are people who didn't get to go last year that went this year. So it was, you know, a ton of fun. Um, got to wear some nice outfits with my ape on it. Like, um, like, you know, this shirt, I have ape on the shirt. I try to, I try to represent it whenever I come on this show. And um, they had some nice hats and stickers to give out and trade with other people. So, um, and also, you know, met new friends that I didn't even know about from the first Ape Fest. So all that, you know, packed in the four days was pretty incredible. I mean, there are a whole bunch of other nice parties at NFT NYC as well. Um, I just kind of stuck with Ape, Ape Fest during each evening. And um, it, it's sort of, you know, having the A-list artists, you know, Lil Wayne, Snoop, Eminem, Future, Lil Baby, and et cetera. Um, that's like, you know, you can't really have a better top five in terms of that genre of music, which is what I like. Um, maybe, maybe because of Kanye in there, maybe for next time. But if you just make, take that five, make note of that. Out. Make note of that. Franklin wants Kanye 2023. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll see if that happens. Maybe we get to 154 again. We can do Kanye. Um, <laughs> yeah, when you have that, you know, starting five of like, okay, this is who we can pull in in terms of the NFT collection um, just a year and a half in. I mean, that's, that's setting the bar pretty high for two, three years down the road, like who knows what's going to happen at the next Ape Fest. It, it doesn't even have to be around NFT and RC anymore. Now, I think it's enough visibility for um, you to throw a festival any time of the year, any place. Well, with that being said, Franklin, uh, you know, let's say Ape Fest 2023 or 2024 is not held in New York and it's somewhere else. Do you plan on attending? I mean, no matter where this is in the world. 
yeah, I'll go to wherever uh, the A-Fest is. I'm still waiting for the Miami Club. Uh, that'll be uh, easier travel for me, at least staying in the country. But if it's you know it's somewhere in the world, anywhere in the world, I'll, I'll go. Um, I feel like uh, Yuga and Bored Apes and just this journey in NFTs has opened a lot of doors for me. So it'll be cool to be able to um, celebrate that in different you know, places and get to see meet, meet new people, see new things. So um, I'm all for whatever's coming down the road. I had a feeling you would say that and you would go no matter what. Uh, you mentioned, you know, uh, making new friends, uh, seeing people you met at Ape Fest last year. Uh, you know, you're a, you're a big holder of Bored Apes. You're a well-known figure within the community. Are you um, pretty recognizable at this event? Do you have people coming up wanting to chat with you, take a picture? Or is everyone here, you know, just kind of equal? Everyone owns a Bored Ape or a Mutant Ape. A little bit of both. Um, you know, it's cool to meet people that I uh, see on Twitter that I, you know, wouldn't ever have probably met anywhere else. And especially people who I really like, you know, look up to them, even though it might seem silly because it's a high chance of having rapes in them. Uh, still look up to them and, and, and their insights and their trading habits um, and just, you know, their general characteristics as a person. And so it's cool to go show them my love and show them I'm a fan of them and take pictures of them. Um, also the other way around, you know, countless amount of selfies and pictures from people who either recognize me, just my face, or I, mean, I did put my ape on like every article of clothing, just uh, so I, you know, it sort of skips that introduction. You don't have to really say, hey, who are you? What's your name? What's your Twitter name? And I, I hope, I hope that my ape's been recognizable enough for people to notice from a distance and then they can just say, hey, it's Franklin. Um, you know, and low low chance that somebody else will be wearing my ape at the ape fest. So it's pretty easy to to spot me out now. I would hope not. I would hope that they're not wearing it, knowing that you're probably going to attend. Uh, Franklin, before ape fest happened, something we discussed on the show was you know not something you had to worry about being able to go to you know all four days. But what if you only own one board ape or one mutant ape, and you had to rank the days? Right. How would you pick from the outside looking in, you know, do you pick day one because you think it's going to be a great kickoff? Do you pick day four because it's going to, you know, end with a bang, probably have the best music? How, how would you pick between the days if you could only go and not knowing who the musical acts are? That's a good question. I mean, I put myself in position to to for sure go Because you don't days. need to, yeah. but for, yeah, so for everyone else. I didn't even have to think about that. But now that you now that you say, I mean, I, I read a lot of people's tweets at the time and you know, the game theory behind who's going to be there. I knew based off of what I read that um, it was going to be four different acts on four different days. I didn't I didn't think it was going to be a, a repeating act each day. So um, it was sort of just like a coin flip of who you want to see. Um, in my opinion, I think the last night was going to be the most fun in terms of you know the build up because um, and this is obviously you know hindsight, but even if without it, you would think that people would have knowledge of the first three nights and what they had with an unknown for the fourth night. And I thought things were going to be unknown all the way up until, um, you know, the actual act happens, but a lot of rumors started spreading around during the week. So you kind of knew a few hours in advance of who was there. But um, just if, if you, if I knew none of that information, I would say, you know, still pick the last night because uh, theoretically, people 
would have higher expectations in the first three nights based off of what they heard or what they've seen. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the consensus around here was uh, fourth night, um, you know, would definitely be my top pick. And then I, I think probably for me, second would be like the first night, you know, hoping that it kicks off with a bang. A lot of people go the first night and then day two, day three, kind of up in the air. Cause like you said, you don't really know what to expect. You don't know who's going to be there as far as the, the musical acts. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting, uh, you know, thought and conversation. Some people had to, you know, pick between and, you know, ultimately that FOMO, right. Of missing, you know, some of these musical acts. Um, so you mentioned NFT NYC, you kind of hung out, you know, at eight fest a lot. Was there anything else, NFT NYC, any other, you know, communities, parties that you hung out with, interacted with, and any big takeaways outside of uh, Board Apes to share? Um, I have to think of, I have to think a lot about where I went. Um, let's see. Saturday, before, you know, all the events started, really started, I played basketball with NFTBA. That, uh, that actually led to a bunch of injuries to my back <laughs> so it wasn't the best experience but i had fun seeing a lot of people and uh, my wife was there so it was cool for her to meet some people in the uh, community and then um sunday uh, oh sunday i went to the time magazine event uh, with uh, keith Rosen invited me so that was a pretty fun event again to network and meet people within that orbit um you know time magazine has their nft collections and select nft artists so me not being an artist so it's pretty cool to, to rub shoulders with um, the artists that were there. And um, Monday, yeah, Monday, I I did a documentary interview, a lot of uh, a lot of questions about the Ryder Rips case and, and uh, that collection uh, in that interview. So it was an interesting angle with a uh, Netflix film group. I did actually invite them to come to A-Fest. So they probably filmed a lot of A-Fest on one of those nights too. Um, so it was, you know, I didn't really do any major NFT collection events throughout Apefest. Um, Tuesday, I had a nice little lunch with fellow gold for ape owners. That was pretty fun. Um, and then Wednesday and Thursday, I don't quite remember doing any other like NFT collections because I, because I just, you know, I was so excited about Apefest that I, right. any sort of meetup was just maybe like a one-on-one or, um, it's a small group. I think, I think Wednesday. Uh, or Thursday morning, I met with NFT Fi, the lending uh, NFT lending company. So uh, we did a little talk about what they're doing and what I what I liked and didn't like about them. So that was you know nice to see the team face to face. So I, I kind of scheduled things around just you know small, more intimate events, um, and then partied hard at Ape Fest. I did go to a um, there was a party on Monday night after Ape Fest that I went to for the, I think, Vented Fields collection was part of it. It was a lot of um, VR, sort of 3D immersive type uh, environment where you can put on the headset. So that was pretty fun. It was just you know, very late that night. Um, but I'm sure, you know, I'm not the only one that had a fun time at NFT NYC. There's plenty of other stores and plenty of other people from um, both Ethereum and Solana that just, you know, had major events and lots of good times and met cool people during it during nft nyc so it's definitely a good event overall for people if you um, were on the fence about going maybe next time you should go definitely uh franklin you know speaking of ape fest you mentioned 
Eminem and Snoop Dogg, right? Um, mm-hmm. At Ape Fest, we of course got a new song from them, a music video. That music video was nominated for a VMA by MTV. And earlier last week, we got the announcement that they were going to be performing the song as part of the VMA. So before the show started, just that announcement, what was your initial reaction and thoughts? Um, You know, were you like, how are they going to pull this off? How are they going to, you know, have their board apes? Are they going to do part of this live, part of this recorded? Like, what did you think when it was announced that they were going to be part of the VMAs? Um, A lot of things eventually. At first, I didn't really think much about it because I just seen them at Ape Fest. So um, and we saw a video, they came on stage. So what, I wasn't expecting anything you know, crazy, any sort of huge, huge performance. I, I didn't even know that um, Snoop Dogg and Eminem um, hadn't reunited or hadn't done any music together in a long time up until Apefest when they said it's been so long. So the fact that uh, Board API Club brought, them to, brought those two together was pretty major and I expected the momentum from that song and from that partnership uh, between those two to keep going. And so I wasn't surprised when they, you know, decided, okay, the next big thing we'll come out and perform at would be at, um, would be at, um, sorry, the VMAs, my my screen cut off, to be at the VMAs. And, you know, I, I heard it was like a metaverse type performance. So I figured, okay, um, they'll, they'll probably have 3D figures of them performing. Um, It wasn't quite sure how they would, do it, they would do it live on stage or it would just be like a recorded performance in the metaverse. Um, I actually didn't watch the entire performance yet. I taped it on my DVR and I just saw a lot of you know, snippets of it on Twitter. And so you know, it was pretty much what I expected. I, I thought it was pretty cool that they were able to bring board apes to the masses. Um, I know there's a lot of people who don't like NFTs that watch the video and don't like their favorite rappers getting involved in um, you know, cryptocurrency that you, you buy and then pray that somebody else pays you more for it. So I understand that part. Um, so it, it was cool to see reactions from all over um, after the after the performance. Um, there was one more thing I wanted to say. I forgot, but maybe, we, maybe it'll come up when we keep talking about it. You know, you mentioned that uh, Ape Fest brought Eminem and Snoop Dogg back together for the first time mm-hmm. in years. Um, I wrote an article about them appearing at the VMAs to perform, and... It, it also brought them back to the VMAs. Uh, it had been over 10 years. I think it was 12 and 17 since they last performed at the VMAs. I mean, you're talking wow. two of the biggest rappers of the last couple decades not performing at the VMAs in over a decade, but Bored Apes helped get them, you know, to do another performance. And yeah. I thought that was a, a really cool touch as well. So um, that, that, okay, now that, now my point just came up. So if you remember, I don't know if I did the interview before or after the Super Bowl, but there was a lot of hype before the Super Bowl about who was going to um, bring their apes out on stage because Snoop and Eminem post, uh, purchased an ape before the Super Bowl. So a lot of us were really, you know, just hoping, you know, rubbing our, rubbing our hands together that somehow there'd be like a board ape coming down into the LA scene during the Super Bowl and we all get to sell our apes for you know a million dollars each and you know, move on <laughs> become instant millionaires after the super bowl so um that was pretty uh widely anticipated event a lot of people watching to see uh, what snoop and eminem would do or um anybody else who would come on stage maybe they were an ape owner so uh the fact that 
you know, it took, you know, six and a half months, but um, we all finally got what we had wished for at the time was to have Bored Apes in a huge musical performance on national TV for you know, millions to see. And so, um, you know, the road travel to get here might have been a little bumpy, a little, you know, wavy, but it happened. Um, and the fact that, you know, people might not have been as surprised or as excited as they were in the Super Bowl just tells you uh, the board apes have gone a little bit more mainstream to the point where, you know, it's not, it's not the it's not the biggest single most anticipated event uh, to see your ape. It's just, you know, another day in the life. But yeah, like you said, bringing Snoop and Eminem together for the first time in years, that's another whole different accomplishment that the apes were able to achieve. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the Super Bowl. I remember, um, I think we had you on before and after. I remember okay. those rumors, um, you know, of maybe we'll see a board ape during the Super Bowl. Uh, another rumor I remember was, I believe one of them, or maybe both of them, had a board ape and also still had their mutant serum. So there was some sort of like, okay. what if after the performance, you know, hit hit send and you know make that mutant ape yacht club you know live so i was like oh man there's all kinds of cool things they could do but you know as you said that road's been you know a bit bumpy but i mean i watched that performance the vmas and i mean i haven't watched the vmas probably in a couple years right you know but the fact that they were performing that song i was like all right i'll tune in i'll watch you know because i want to see how they they pull this off so um but you know i i'm same as you i did see you know a lot of negative reactions people who were like you know don't bring nfts to the vmas don't talk about crypto but you know i think it also does good right because it it creates more brand awareness for yuga it gets people excited about the other other side right because that was part of the performance um so i i think the performance was great you know all around for for snoop for eminem and also for for yuga so you know, my hat's off to them. And I think uh, it's the first of many big performances like that that we'll see. I mean, would you share in that? Do you think we're going to see more performances from NFTs, metaverse-themed projects at award shows, at big sporting events, um, you know, at live concerts? Is that just going to keep continuing? Um, yeah, that would be nice. It would be cool to see the artists that are already involved in NFTs. Um, you know, I would prefer it, it be less of a corporate type environment in terms of getting the NFTs out there. You don't have to have carefully crafted advertisements to, to convince people. And that's not really how all of us got involved in NFTs. We didn't see, we didn't go to, um, uh, you know, the time probably NBA playoffs or something or NBA basketball to, and we didn't, we didn't, it's not like we saw a commercial for MetaMask and Board Apes and said, hey, you should buy this ape for $200. It's not kind of how we got in. So it, it, I don't think it would work in terms of, hey, this, uh, this concert is brought to you by Doodles. Uh, go buy a Doodle. It, have, it has to be a little bit more natural to get people involved. So um, you don't have to sort of force feed, you know, you don't have to force feed apes. You know, you don't have to have like a slideshow like I play to get people to join. There's other ways you, you can do it in a smaller, more, um, more, more intimate way to sort of um, connect with the individual who doesn't know much about crypto. Um, I, I think uh, getting getting the word out and forcing out on people might turn them away because like I said, well, there's a lot of people that still don't want uh, NFT, their, their favorite artists getting into NFTs. So I think a way to um, get around that is instead of 
uh, and not 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 that you get another side did this, but just going forward, I think the best way for artists and entertainers to if they if they really care about NFTs and want to to bring more people on board and not just be a sponsorship, um, they can connect with you know existing NFT artists who could really project their their own NFT, their profile picture NFT out there in their brand uh, into in sort of like a metaverse setting. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not really the concert person, but I did go to um, John Legend concert um, last year and the art that was like behind him when he was singing was like really, really cool. It, it looked like something that a, you know, a NFT art collector probably would like. And so, you know, those are the type of people that I would like to see sort of get involved and sort of bring their artists, you know, their musical act into NFTs, as well as people who are already in the space, you know, who could design a, a, a metaverse or uh, the other, you know, could work with the other side to get um, the entertainers profile picture NFT into like a real life 3D figure, which is what Mark Zuckerberg's sort of trying to, to show us as well. Like he has his own avatar. So we're moving to a world of avatars. Just make sure that it's done pretty well and not, you know, like a force feed commercial type atmosphere. I love that. Uh, connecting with existing musicians. And, you know, that that's those were some great points, Franklin. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see how some of these big musicians adapt to the world of NFTs and the metaverse, right? Are they just going to, you know, buy something? Are they going to interact with the community? Are they going to use it? you know, in their music videos like Snoop and M and like Timbaland recently did? Are they going to use it as a brand like Snoop did? Or, you know, are they just going to ignore the space altogether? So definitely something to follow. Um, so Bored Apes recently passed 1 million followers on Twitter. Um, they did a big Twitter spaces after that. We also saw the co-founders do a couple recent interviews, right? Um, Input Magazine, Full Send Podcast. Franklin, as a board ape holder, like, what do you make out of some of these interviews they've done? Um, you know, are they saying the right things? Do we have a clear, you know, uh, roadmap and forward-looking plan? Are you excited about the future? Are they are they keeping too much information to themselves? Like, what do, what do you make of all these different uh, interviews that they've been doing? Um, I'm actually pretty happy about it. It's good to see them, you know, now that their dogs see their faces out there, put themselves out there. They have nothing, nothing to hide, um, nothing to run away from anymore. They're now the faces of a multi-billion dollar corporation. Um, you don't really get to have that uh, exposure to somebody at the very top for a corporation that big as often. Um, even, even, you know, rel even relative to like the real world, um, you don't see people interacting with the CEO of McDonald's. Sorry, that's the first company I think of. <laughs> CEO of McDonald's is not out there tweeting, you know, uh, memes and jokes about their their coworkers and co-founders or co co-executives. So the fact that um, at least Gordon and Garga, you know, the more active faces, are out there tweeting and doing interviews, being more active, um, it's pretty something pretty new. In, in terms of a billion dollar corporation. But like, um, like I said earlier about people who got into the space, you know, that's sort of the reason why we wanted to get in is to, to have sort of that tight community where we're able to be close to the, you know, don't really matter what level you are, 
um, we can all sort of talk on the same wavelength. So I really like what they're doing. I'm not too surprised about it. Um, now that they're docs, obviously, if they were still unknowns, you know, they would kind of would keep things under wraps, um, which which succeeded because there's a lot of things that they pulled off that nobody knew about, um, like mutants or dogs. So um, that part that part of the business, I don't expect to change. I really expect them to still keep things secret. So um, it's nice to have them out there tweeting and being accessible. Um, but also, I don't expect just because they do that, I don't expect any alpha from them. Um, any sort of like, hey, we're doing this. This is going to be announced on this date. Like, I don't, I don't. Um, I'm so used to them keeping things under wraps that um, it's it's not, not nothing. You know, I'm not really surprised or or asking them to do anything differently now. It's all like, you know, you my average day in NFTs is waking up, uh, maybe trying to buy an ape or two. Doesn't work out. Maybe I can sell one or two. It doesn't work out. Um, read Twitter and. They interact with people and that's it it's not really um what are the founders doing uh let's wait for a tweet from them to pump the project so i could you know exit 68 at 150 or something like that so um i'm so used to sort of a day-to-day life lifestyle with no sort of huge announcement or no sort of huge update um and that's and that's just a very unique position that they're in because i would say 99 of other projects you would expect a tweet from them um, or some sort of interaction from the founder <laughs> every day or two or three um, or you get very very concerned so thankfully i'm in a project where i know that the team is working hard they're not taking any days off um, and it makes my days easier not having to think about what they're doing or what they're tweeting or or lack thereof um, but just in general it's cool to see them being out there and I like their interviews that they're doing and um, no, they haven't said anything that like shocked me or surprised me which is pretty cool because it seems like I sort of have the same wavelength as they are in terms of what they're seeing and what they're doing for the project and so um, that part is I'm just really happy but I can't really explain it but you know hearing their answers hearing how they describe the project it's almost like I was answering it for them so the fact that we're um, on that same wavelength because i can't explain it because you have to sort of have the same mindset as i do but it's really cool to sort of see them running the business how i thought they would yeah i mean that's awesome obviously you know seeing them get doxxed against their own will was you know a very upsetting event um but like i feel like in the long run it, it you know i hate to say that it's turned into a positive because again, I don't know what their plans were if they were ever going to, you know, dox themselves or stay, you know, undoxed forever. Mm-hmm. But I really think it, it's helped having them, you know, kind of front and center now, right? They, they can, you know, meet people at Ape Fest, uh, you know, take pictures, uh, you know, say who they are. They can also do these different media interviews, um, you know, and I think just build that brand awareness and continue to you know, evolve and get the brand moving forward, where some of that's harder to do for these teams that are still doxxed. Um, also doing live events, right? So I know like when I went to VCon, um, Betty from Deadfellas, she doxxed herself live at that event. Um, otherwise, you know, how, how do you do like a panel if you're not doxxed or like right. meet people at an event like that if you're if you're not doxxed? So, 
you know, do you think it's turned into, you know, kind of a positive that they, they are docs now again, obviously against their will, the way it happened, but ha has it turned into a positive you think? Yeah. As long as what they had feared doesn't come to, you know, fruition, I'm not going to bring it up because that's bad, yeah. horrible luck, but you know, the, what they were scared of happening, you know, I, I didn't think that would have happened and it, you know, like I said, if it hasn't happened, I really think then it's a great thing that they are out there um, communicating and, you know, freely being themselves without having to worry or look behind their shoulder and see if anybody finds out something about them. So I really, I really like how they've handled being doxxed. Um, and, and also, you know, there's no need to complain about it. I don't think um, now it's just, you know, it is what it is. It's one of those um, you, you try to hide it and you, you close the door, but it's pushing back at you eventually is going to push you and open. And once it's open, you can't really close it again. So from that moment on, it's just a totally different way of approaching um, how you run the run the company. And they've did they they sort of added another picture of themselves to show, hey, this is me. Um, so that was pretty cool. And once once it happened, they became someone said they became one of us in terms of uh, Twitter people who just you know talk on Twitter all day and, and engage with the community. So it wasn't like, you know, they were any, you know, sort of, they, they, they sort of had this, they, they've been online and, you know, reading how people conduct themselves on Twitter and they've, you know, fit right in. Definitely. Uh, Franklin, let's, let's talk about traits for a minute. Um, you know, obviously you have a gold for board ape, one of the rarer traits, you also have been known to, you know, uh, buy and sell different apes, right? Flip some. I, I, I don't want you to give away any any of your strategies or too much here, but are, are you constantly looking at, like, some of the different traits and how they're trending in activity? Are you looking at, you know, so, like, when Snoop and Eminem performed, are you, like, looking at apes with certain traits that they have, like, does anything go into traits as far as buying or are you more looking at, you know, the floor price on a day-to-day -day basis? A little bit of both. I usually stick towards the floor price um, because there's so many traits. I mean, there's since, the, since then there's been plenty of NFT projects with a lot more traits. So the rarity scale um, is a lot more compressed because it, it then becomes a matter of which just looks better or what's personal preference. Um, but still to me, I think there's a, a lot of traits and board apes that you can't really just say, hey, one trait's better than the other because it's more rare, or hey, one trait, um, one trait of this property is better than another trait of this property because um, it's more rare, or it, you know, it, it, may, it may be less rare, but then there's not that many traits in that certain property, so it, that could affect the sort of rarity score. So it all comes down, I think, to looks. Um, and I'll give the alpha, you know, people. And then this is, you know, small sample size, 10,000 apes, but there's not always 10,000 people want to buy them. So it's maybe like, you know, a half dozen or so every day. It's not really that huge of a community in terms of like instant demand for apes at the floor price. But if you want to make some good flips or make some good buys, um, you just have to buy things that you know uh, somebody else in the market or a new buyer would be interested in. And I think that really comes in uh, the form of how the ape looks because um, people who don't really, who aren't really active traders and want to hold native for tax purposes or something like that, 
want to have a brand that really connects with them and you know it's good looking aesthetically so you know um, over the months i've learned that people don't like the crazy eyes trait uh, I, I personally like them i would buy them all but if there's no market for them in the resale then yeah so they have to lower my price to, to get in for them um, so that's just one of the like trait 101 type lessons you learn you know don't don't overpay for something like that because somebody is going to want to underpay because of that trait um, boring looking apes because of the name board ape yacht club they seem to do very well so um an ape if not you know a bored mouth or bored unshaven mouth um and then more, more importantly the bored eyes because you know there's plenty of bored and bored unshaven mouths with stuff in them or just alone but there's only one set of bored eyes even though it's not really a rare trait um the fact that it's only one of those means that uh you know you could get more for your ape with that trait than maybe a obviously a crazy eyes but like a closed or blindfold um because aesthetic wise when you're trying to make a profile picture or a logo for a business it's better to have you know eyes open now my ape um you know you look at it the eyes are closed i didn't you know i bought this on the first day i didn't really have that intel in terms of what they look the best i just want to get a gold gold ape so i you know giving out good ideas of what to buy even though my ape doesn't look that way but that's just you know a testament of you know, making sure that you're that you do have you build a good brand for it so that doesn't really matter the looks doesn't really matter then it's just the fact that it's recognizable definitely love what you make sure go you ahead but that was it i i love what you're saying about you know the branding purposes of it right because i think we're seeing that more as the these brands jump in as apes get licensed out that definitely some of the the more clean looking apes um you know without some of those traits you mentioned are, are definitely probably more attractive um so great alpha there um from franklin on, on which apes to look for um franklin as you buy more apes are are there any traits that have slowly become you know new favorites over time obviously gold fur you know is one of your favorite traits but you know are there any where maybe you bought these apes for, for flipping purposes and you're like, wait a sec, like, I love this ape. I can't part with this ape because it has, you know, X trait, any new traits to, to share without, again, if you don't want to give away, you know, what Franklin's shopping for, we, we understand too. I really like the pink hair apes. They're impossible for me to flip, um, but I have a good string of hold on the market in terms of people who want to buy them. You don't want to see them pop up at the floor. I have 15 of them. I had 16 now down to 15 um and there's 105 of them total so doing the math uh real quick how does that math work out uh, so that's 14.29 uh, percent of the entire uh set which is the highest uh percentage of any trait that anybody owns i think the next highest um there's a person with three board unshaven pizzas and there's only 26 of those so three out of 26 that's still you know well over 10 percent but there's only three of those so you know i think 14 15 out of 105 is a lot you know it's a huge collection i can make a nice little collage out of that and it's still the highest higher percentage so i want to have that um that was sort of like an inside motivation type thing for me as a collector to say hey i cornered this trait more than anybody has cornered any other trait in terms of percentages um 
So I thought that was a pretty cool accomplishment to have. I started out buying them because I thought it was a rare trait. Um, the pink hair makes the ape look more feminine to me. And I thought that, you know, as more women get on board the NFTs, maybe they want a pink hair ape and then I'll be their, their pink hair ape dealer. I still believe that way. Um, but, you know, starting around maybe March or April, once once I got some money from ApeCoin and stuff, did I really see the potential to grow my pink hair ape collection to be the highest percentage on the trait. Um, so that's that's a trait that I really, you know, hold near and dear and um, definitely take a second or third look at it if it pops up for sale near the floor. Um, and then I still have a couple that I can sell off and still be the highest on um, trait. So I'm always looking both ways for that. Um, that was probably more of an obvious answer because you just look at my collection and see how many there are. Um, other traits, um, just off the top of my head, this is one I this is one I can't afford unless I make some massive trades. Well, I mean, so I can't say I can't afford it. I can do it. It's just you know, I have to lower my ape count if I had to do it. So the blue beams um, and laser eyes, and obviously blue beams are more expensive because they're more rare. I think once we start getting into the other side and people are using their ape avatars, um, having lasers shoot out of their eyes would be a nice flex because uh, you can see the lasers probably for. Longer from a longer distance than just somebody else's regular ape, um, especially if they're pointing upward. So that's a nice flex um, in the metaverse if people are judging based off of their metaverse looking avatars. So I would really like a blue beams ape if I ever had the chance to get one um, for the metaverse purpose. Now, if there's no way for the beams to show up, then that's not really, <laughs> I don't really care about it anymore because it, in, in the uh, profile picture it only extends you know a certain amount of pixels it doesn't go on forever so um i'm really excited to see what the blue beams ape look like in the metaverse hopefully it doesn't make the price go up but i'm expecting a probably a lot of demand for it once people see the flex if that's going to happen like i have no idea and they you can keep things under wraps so we'll just all know at one time what they look like so that's a that's one of my favorite traits that i don't own um trippy trippy apes probably my next favorite after that um, because just because of how colorful they are, um, I just never could get my hands on one. Thought I could, I thought I could always trade two apes for one of those. Um, so if anybody ever wants that that deal, they can take it. Um, people are trying to look for three apes. That's, this is too much for me right now. It's, I like having sixty apes. That's a nice number, round number. So um, there's traits that I really want, but would require me to lower my ape count. And um, you know, given the way that more apes get rewarded more like to keep that number as high as possible unless there's still a lifetime that pops up and um yeah the the board the board situation the board eyes board mouth making the ape look very bored um especially if it only has four traits so it only has the eyes and you know just the eyes mouth um or the background trait and what's the other one eyes mouth background can't believe I can't remember the can't believe I can't remember the other one. But it's four traits that uh, makes a four trait ape, and if two of those are bored, that really makes the oh the fur color. That's the other one. So if two if uh, two of those traits are bored, um, that really increases the value of the ape. Having less traits allows for more Photoshop opportunities to add clothes or add stuff to it, and so um, I think people and brands like that flexibility with the four traits. So. Uh, we had blue beams, the portrait apes with the double board, and um, trippy. So those are like the really cool 
traits that I'm after. And then obviously the pink hair that I have the most of. Love it. Uh, Franklin, as someone who trades board apes a lot, right? I, I want your thoughts on this. We're seeing several proposals for creating a board ape marketplace, right? Uh, we we see it, saw Magic Eden and others kind of propose a marketplace for just board apes. It would lower the fees. Um, you know, uh, it would include using ApeCoin in some theory. Um, you've used OpenSea. You've used other platforms to complete your transactions. You've done some, you know, off market. What do you make of these proposals? What do you want to see as a holder and someone who trades board apes? What do you want to see in a board ape marketplace? What are the keys that some of these platforms should be looking for? Um, I'll trade anywhere. It doesn't really matter. Um, I think a lot of people, at least the people I deal with, like to get in for as cheap as possible and royalties get in the way of that. So there's a big debate in terms of NFT royalties that goes beyond you know board apes and the prices that you have to pay for to marketplaces and to the Yuga to acquire an ape. Um, I do like Yuga's sort of non-committal stance. I mean, they'll, they'll gladly take the royalties, uh, but they've made so much so far that they probably don't even need to take a dime anymore. Obviously, I'd like for them to make as much money as possible because that helps them build. Um, but when you're buying and flipping apes, um, you know, you, how much you spend and how much you make is really important. And when you have six-figure assets, you know, something as small as um, five, ten percent, you know, five or less percent, I mean, even, you know, three to five percent, sorry, three to five percent total royalty fees across all these marketplaces, um, including marketplace plus you get 2.5 percent. That's a really big, you know, so that's a lot of money that, you know, the traders don't, don't see and they have to sort of factor in back calculate in terms of listing, in terms of buying. So, a fee-free marketplace, which you know somewhere out there would be nice. Um, and the next the next order of thing is just how much you trust it. There's plenty of people who could say I have a you know a marketplace with no fees that's easy to trade, but they could turn out to be a scammer. So a lot of people you know lose their apes in scams, and they might not trust new marketplaces that pop up. So you know it's like a chicken and egg thing. You have to in order for a marketplace to succeed and get a lot of volume. You have to have people willing to take the risk and start a new thing and like how many people are going to want to do that when they have other competing options so i'm not really a big ape marketplace you know proponent if it happens it happens if not you know you know keep trading with what we have um because i i don't want to be you know searching for people who don't who, who don't feel comfortable about trading on that marketplace or you know are only used to trading on OpenSea, for example so I like to keep all my options open. So I'm not really like um, in the discussions or in the weeds, uh, pushing any sort of new marketplaces. I know Magic Eden. Um, I've talked to them a little bit about their new marketplace, and you know, it's just one of those where, hey, you know, just make sure you have a marketplace. That's pretty much it. They don't really have any say in what they're doing or or how much fees they're charging. Just make sure they have a good product that, you know, if it's popular, people might see more volume, so it might be easier to trade there despite having to pay more fees. Love that insight. Uh, Franklin, outside of Bored Apes, um, you know, you, you've mentioned a couple projects before. Any projects to, to mention today that you are 
holding, buying, looking forward to, to future mints, uh, anything you can uh, give away today? Obviously not financial advice, but uh, from, from the mind of Franklin uh, today. Um, well, I've been trying to swing trade. I tried something new, trying to swing trade crypto, do leverage, things like that. I actually had a crazy occurrence happen. Um, this is not financial advice, but you can borrow money. Um, you can borrow, you can put your Ethereum as collateral, whatever crypto you have, borrow money from there in terms of dollars, and then use that or USD coin and use that USD coin to buy the same amount of crypto. So it's kind of like a leverage play. Um, for people who are in the U.S. who don't really have access to the 10x, 1,000x, 100x leverage type situations. So it's kind of slow and, and uh, methodical and manual. Um, I had a lot of collateral locked up in compound.finance yesterday because they pushed an update. Um, I don't know if you're aware. <laughs> they pushed an update that uh, tracked the price of you know, the price, how they, how they determine how much you can borrow or lend. Um, and that update pretty much like bricked the whole project and it takes them seven days to submit proposals to get them passed. So in order to undo the new update, uh, we can't withdraw our collateral for seven days. So all the collateral that I had in there, I had borrowed and already spent <laughs> on other crypto. And the fact that uh, I can't get that money back to pay back where I spent sort of locks me up for a week. So I'm kind of in that limbo situation where, okay, you know, um, hopefully, you know, I don't really have the extreme situation in terms of the price where by the time I get my money back, it's, I'm unhappy with it. So that sort of kept me going, you know, just recently, yesterday and today in terms of uh, how, how, what's the best way to make money and, and, and get into good investments. Um, but outside of that, in terms of the NFT world, um, you know, I'll, I'll try to start paying more attention this week. I got into Cryptoria a lot. I know I mentioned the Creeps Project uh, one of my first times on here. So a lot of that community is into the Cryptoria. I did. I got out of Creeps a lot. <laughs> the price went down a lot and I wanted to go into the apes. So I put a small amount in the Cryptoria. Hopefully I was earlier to that project than I was to Creeps. And that's just one of those things where, okay, well maybe um, getting involved in a different project with a similar uh, community could could help, um, but that's the only one where like, I got a huge huge holding in in terms of top holders like like that apes. Um, but it was very you know well called. It still is. And I, it's you know I, I paid more than what the floor price is, so it's not like I'm trying to um, you know pump it up and I'm just fine with it, with what I put in. It's the amount of money that I can make in a ape flip during the a bull run. So it was cool to sort of. All right, I can store some money there and leave it alone and see what happens. But I haven't really gotten into back into like the, the top blue chips yet. Um, CryptoPunks, obviously, that's a really strong one. They have a sushi swap liquidity pool token that is accessible anytime. So I don't feel like I need to go buy and flip a punk. I can, if I really wanted to get in, I can just buy that token. Um, you know, it, I wouldn't buy mutants or dog. Maybe, maybe I'll get into dogs as you know time goes on. I would stay away from mutants and sort of keep my money trying to get into apes. I took out um, a total of 70 ETH loan from Arcade uh, to fund, you know, whatever. And there's two of my gold, the, the, the gold mutants from here. So it's um, helped me get to where I'm at and was, was sort of hoping to use that money to flip. It just hasn't worked out <laughs> recently. 
but it's nice, you know, using the lending platforms to, you know, get more liquid to, to, you know, buy more stuff. So um, as long as, you know, we didn't get into the Bindell situation, but that's where I could like borrow money from Bindell, quickly pay off the um, arcade loan. So it's like, you know, borrow, obviously not financial advice to borrow money to go pay off other money. But if you're confident about what you're growing, that's a way to get more liquid to get into these other projects. So that's a long-winded answer because I'm doing a lot <laughs> and uh, probably said a lot of nothing in there. Um, and my results have shown the past couple weeks that's probably <laughs> how it turned out, but we'll, we'll keep on keep grinding and see what happens. Uh, Franklin, you brought up Ben Dow. Uh, that was in my list of questions that we hadn't gotten to yet. Um, we're, we're running out of time here. Yeah. Uh, what what do you make of the Ben Dow situation? All of a sudden, you became like this target of like apes are getting liquidated um franklin's got apes listed here's what's happening ben dow's gonna you know go out like how did all of a sudden franklin just become like this target i saw articles about it tweets about it uh, what do you make of that and i i know you put out a thread showing everyone the the real you know stats and everything but uh what's the short story on on ben dow and and your situation yeah, real quick, it was something I discovered around the time the other side was coming out. Um, there's a very liquid lending pool, and it was cool to be able to instantly get liquidity at a very low interest rate to pay back. And since I had so many apes, I could get more liquid than most other people can at one time um, to do, you know, it, to, to hopefully make profitable flips. I didn't really do well with that in terms of the floor price going all the way down after. But there are some times where I was able to use Bindal to get more liquid, to flip money, and to pay it back. Um, the liquidation issue happened because the floor price was going down, down, down towards where people had already borrowed and hadn't started paying back their funds yet. And, um, you know, when people first find out about a lending platform that's sort of going underwater and that are, you know, people are not paying back loans and things like that, it's really, it's really alarming because if that's all you know, the first thing you're going to do is see, okay, who is, uh, who is getting sort of, you know, messed up by the situation, who who is in debt, who is struggling. And so, of course, my name pops at the top of the list um, because I'm always trading, so it could be misconstrued as dumping, uh, which is it's very it's very funny because I had to buy the ape. I, I, if I borrow money to go buy the ape, that person dumped on me, and nobody cares. <laughs> so they want to try to poop it, but some people care. Um, so I didn't really, I mean, it you know, could be partially my fault for not, giving away my strategy. Um, but once people started getting more alarmed about how much I was borrowing and didn't know, uh, there was a screenshot that strategically didn't show how much I paid off, which was, you know, once I paid it all off and I was like, look, hey, I have no debt. This is not my fault. I'm not involved in this. I think people started to understand, okay, you know, it's not Franklin that's in desperate need of liquidity. He's, you know, I, well, not speaking third person. I know what I'm doing with this. I'm, you know, making sure that I don't make any super duper risky moves um even though from the outset it looks a lot risky but didn't have to pay much in interest get rewarded in tokens so i did a lot of research and made sure that it was a good product for me obviously i couldn't keep doing it when the money got pulled out during the um while apes are getting liquidated but the, they made changes which you know what other any other dow would do if they don't see things going right right um, so they did as i expected i didn't really have any other expectations for them to to keep you know going underwater they made the change that they need to do money came back in 
and now I'm borrowing and using it again to flip or, or swing trade. So, um, yeah, it was, it, I, I'm really proud of how I handle myself. And I, yeah. I listen to that. I listen to, I really rarely listen to or watch interviews myself, but that particular event the spaces that I put on, um, I like to listen to it to sort of show, you know, to learn for myself and show that, uh, the composure I had and, how well I was able to sort of explain the situation well before, you know, today where nobody really cares about being down anymore. Um, I hope that people, if they're still, if they still are concerned, go listen to it and, and hopefully they'll be at ease. But I was glad to put that out and hopefully correct the record and be more open about my trading strategy. It was, um, I strategic, strategically did not want to say what I was doing at the time because I didn't, you know, when you're trying to make money, you don't want to share how you did it because of that lessens your chance of you know making more profitable transactions so um it but it but once i got to a level where i was comfortable sharing it i did and you know maybe more people are doing it maybe not we'll, we'll see and it'll be up to me to find better strategies going forward so um i'm proud proud of myself for doing that it was cool getting ben Dow's name out there and and me being a top user of a, of a well now well-known product is you know just another check mark for the for the brand <laughs> yeah i i think definitely and i think you handled yourself well um franklin before we let you go do you want to uh do a couple would you rather um nft related questions here on the show yeah go ahead so this is something Alyssa and i started doing it actually kind of started from your conversation on a gold ape right so one of the questions we did was would you rather own a gold fur board ape or a zombie punk I think we know okay. the answer to, to that from you, but mm -hmm. some other questions here. Okay. So real quick, would you rather own, um, open at a $13 billion valuation or magic Eden at a 1.6 billion valuation if they were public companies? Oh, wow. Um, based off of what dominates the conversation, I think, um, I still think open because Magic Eden is great. I mean, they're doing very well. Uh, like I said, I talked to them. They might be upset if they're listening now. Um, but I can go buy OpenSea or own OpenSea at $13 billion. And I can I can out-tweet Magic Eden myself. I can out-tweet anybody on the space. So if that's what people care about, I can do that with OpenSea. Um, so you just have a lot more users. Um, you know, maybe every Wednesday, today's Wednesday, I turn the fees to... 0.25% instead of 2.5%. Um, see what see what happens to the market. So those are different things I can do. There's a lot more customization with OpenSea. So you you know when you're already at the top and you have issues, you know you can always play around those issues and listen to the community and only only go only improve yourself from there. Um, there will be no situation where I would take over OpenSea and continue uh, with the issues that they have. I would definitely make changes. But having it at 13 billion dollar market cap is pretty nice too uh franklin i think i know the answer to this one and i'm sure the prices have changed uh since we did this but would you rather own one board ape or five mutant apes um just based on future value um at all times i picked the ape the board ape uh, i just you know I, I don't see the market pushing mutant apes too much maybe maybe they go to like one third um but in terms of utility you get more utility from the one ape um there's now outside outside of yuga there's probably a lot of utility just with the one ape as well 
so that's why I like having um, having that that one eighth is like a ticket to the to the club. I know mutants are also in the club too, but there's just different tiers of the club, and it would be nice for somebody with five mutants. Um, maybe they could trade, you know, trade it in for ape and then work their way up to a mutant, and then you'll have your foot in both corners. So to have uh, five mutants and no apes, I think. You know, you're missing a little. You're missing that like last little step there. It'd be nice to have that uh, one ape. So, I guess the answer to that would be one ape and one mutant. <laughs> uh, would you rather own a clone X or an Azuki? Um, probably a clone X due to the Nike uh, partnership. I don't know if Azuki has a huge corporate partner yet, and so I don't really know where they go from here. Um, and there, you know, you can't really copy what Nike does. You can all, you can all, always make a another Azuki. That's that's how I see it. Love it. Uh, would you rather own three cool cats or one doodles? Three cool cats or one doodle? Uh, well, we talked about the founders of Yuga and their uh, public habits. Uh, doodles haven't tweeted since late July, which is quite interesting. Um, that, does that mean they have a huge, huge surprise coming up? Who knows? So I would probably, you know, sometimes the unknown is, is worth more than the known. Yeah. And uh, they have something cooking up that they that require them to be under secret wraps for a whole month. Uh, it'll be nice to to sort of have that one and ride that pump up because whatever they announce is going to attract buyers. So the goal, the target is to always buy it five seconds before they tweet. So you think they're going to tweet for them five seconds? Go ahead and buy it now. Awesome. And last one here, Franklin. Uh, v Friend Series 1 or 4 Other Deed for Other Sides? Bet on Gary V or bet on Other Side Metaverse? Uh, if, obviously, I know you love Yuga, but for a person, let's say that's new, which one would you pick? Um, that's a great question. I, I barely had a V Friend, maybe for like a couple of days. I was able to flip it. I think for just a very, very tiny profit shortly after ApeCoin came out. Um, in terms of long-term investments, anybody got into VFriend at the time was a very high mint price, but they still they still would profit today. Um, you know, 99% of the projects with a mint price even remotely close to that probably didn't do well. That came out around the same time or even later. So I think VFriends definitely rewarded their community members and Gary V is always working, whether he's tweeting or not, he's still working. So I, I trust in him. Now, compared to the other deeds, uh, I think their floor price went up a little bit recently. So it kind of kind of hurts the argument because you could have just bought it last week and yeah. <laughs> made money. Um, but I would I would say four, if you had to take four, if you didn't know what the other deeds look like, you know, it was still pre-reveal at these prices. Yeah, I would take four of those. That's a good point. What you get. Transfer some rarity. Uh, but I think I would go with the V friends just to bet on Gary V. Um, there's just so many other deeds that you could, you probably don't need to own one to experience the other side. So, um, you know, I don't think you get that much benefit from owning the land in terms of, or compared to owning the V friends. Perfect. Well, Franklin, that was the blast. That's a newer segment we want to start doing with our guest here. I think you were the first one to answer more than one question for <laughs> Would You Rather. Um, so thank you for doing that. Uh, that's going to do it for us. We ran out of time today. 
I did put the link in the YouTube chat right now. Join us at Future of Crypto, Benzinga's new event, December 7th. You can get 50% off your tickets by clicking on the link today. So make sure to join us at that event. Franklin, we hope to have you back on the show. It's always such a pleasure. Um, take care and we will talk soon. All right. Thank you. I'll take care. Bye-bye. All right. And that's going to do it for us today. Stay tuned for more great Benzinga coverage coming up next. And we will catch you next week on the Roadmap.